How are you? I'm good. I guess I shouldn't have said good morning, but for me it is. It could be afternoon for some people. It could be, yeah. And this is going to be one of the unique times where we're going to record and publish on the same day. So, like, it's a true time. Um, so it is morning for both of us still. I, yeah. I have to sneeze. Just pardon me a minute. Excuse me. I, uh, how are you feeling? Oh, that's a loaded question. I'm feeling pretty stuffy. Can you hear it? Yeah. I know that you uh, had the cold. Um, you got sick on your travels and had to drive home 14 hours with a wicked cold that I think turned into bronchitis, you said? I don't know. I think it might be. I haven't actually officially gone to the doctor. Um, I've done a couple oh. rapid tests, so I'm negative on the other thing that we don't talk about a lot of here, but yeah, I'm negative on that. So um, it's... I think it's just mostly there's a lot of snow mold a lot of dust and I have severe seasonal allergies plus I think I just had a light cold that's now maybe a More. sinus infection or bronchitis or something because you know there's telltale signs of those things so I'm struggling yeah. through it I've got a doctor's appointment next week so um, oh yikes I had a regular doctor's appointment visit set so I'll just get her to double check it you know yep and maybe ask yeah. for another referral to an allergist. <laughs> oh. Since I'm there. How are you? I, you had a wild I'm, time last night, didn't you? I am exhausted. Um, my oldest son flew home from his work uh, trip. He was in Houston and he was supposed to be, be we were supposed to pick him up at 10 o'clock last night and they, our airport had issues with the, baggage issue or like just it was just insane um so we we got home closer to one o'clock oh so um, you had a late night oh and I was so tired and we brought Kramer so he's like you know kept flopping on top of me because he's tired <laughs> and well, it was <laughs> are you drinking coffee then I'm still drinking coffee I'm on my second double double no not double 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 expressed uh coffee like it is strong it will yeah nice I, nothing like a warm cup of coffee when you wake up tired I woke up so I had an interesting morning um I had a weird sleep last night uh just it was kind of hot in here and just a little restless so got up at around one I'm like maybe if I watch some tv it'll make me tired had a snack um, my partner had stayed over last night as well. So he was up with me and he was the same way. He was like, oh, it's kind of warm in here. I'm not sleeping well. So we kind of sat and watched TV and we both had a snack, like, which we've never done before. It's very weird. <laughs> like out of character for both of us. The, the watching TV part, not so much, but to eat at one in the morning because you're awake is kind of odd. Anyways, we kind of sat there. We both got tired again and was like, Kate, let's go try and sleep again. And we'd open the window and cooled the room off. So that was really nice. Well, this morning, his alarm clock goes off because he needs to get up to go do what he needs to do. So fine, I just carry on sleeping. And I can hear him tinkering around. He's getting ready. Uh, I just, I feel a temperature change in the room. Like I'm, I'm just lightly sleeping. I'm comfortable in my bed, enjoying, you know, that morning time sleep. And Again, this temperature change, like I felt like all of a sudden there was like hot air coming at me and I opened my eyes and I screamed and I jumped because he was like nose to nose with me just watching and waiting for me to wake up, like just like seeing what he could do to like, and he's, and he's like, oh my God, I'm sorry. And he's, and he's laughing, falls down onto the bed, laughing so hard. I'm like, because I jumped so hard. He's like, your face turned beet red. I'm like, yeah, you scared the living shit. <laughs> I'm like, you're lucky I didn't punch you. <laughs> what a shyster eh like who's got energy for that after we had such a bad sleep <laughs> and he's like just just checking on you seeing how your sinuses and, and how you're feeling I'm like oh thanks I'm awake <laughs> but he's like I didn't even know he's like he's like well I was wondering how long it would take before you noticed I was there he's like you didn't notice till I touched your nose with mine I'm like you touched my nose <laughs> 
I'm like, I just felt the shift in the temperature. What a guy. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we were talking about that. I was talking with another friend of, about uh, flight or fight. <gasps> and we were, it, it, it was talking, we were, oh, goodness. <laughs> I am trying to put a sentence together. It's going to be here. a great Sorry. day. It is. So we were talking about this one uh, run that they have here in Calgary called the zombie run, but they haven't had it, of course, for the last two years. And I've always said, oh, I'd love to do it, but I'd have to dress up as a zombie because if I was just a plain person being chased by zombies, I know my personality is I don't I won't run. I'll turn around and just start fighting. (laughs) <laughs> and these poor people who volunteered to be zombies on this run will be beaten up by me. And, and also, I don't run. So that, you know, explains. Well, on a different episode, we're going to talk about those extreme runs and those, like, those courses that you do. And you're going to have to tell your story about the time on the hill. <laughs> the mud run that you did in Red Deer. Oh, it? I knew. It's exactly. Oh. But we can save that for another day. Because, but anyways, that for this story today, yes, because you also did like um Halloween stuff, so that would be perfect. Like you love dressing up, you like being in character, so you could be the zombie <laughs> chasing people. Like that'd be fun. Oh yeah. Oh no, I can. I could do it. I mean, you know, I don't run normally. This you could see looking at my body. I don't run. <laughs> you know, so. Um, I can easily get into character as a zombie, you know, stumbling around and looking. Well, and running just enough to scare the poop out of somebody. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, I can do that. That's easy. So, hey, let's get into uh, inventing Anna. Yeah, so episode five, it was, I didn't write down the title of it. Oh, checkout time, I did. It was episode yeah. five, um, checkout time, and they, this was the episode where they really honed in on Neff um so and how they introduced Anna how Anna and Neff became so tight and they Mm -hmm. showed the trajectory and the story of when Anna uh when she arrived to um the hotel where Neff worked as a I think she was a concierge yes and it was called 12 George, this hotel. Yep. So this is in timeline. Anna had just been given the 200K from the bank that was trying to buy her, like win her over because they she was pissed off. So they extended her that 200K. So she just had that money put into her account. She had just kind of torn herself away from Chase and all of that inbound money from him, as well as uh, from Nora. So she shows up to this hotel and everybody in the hotel is like, you know, doing the little money signal to each other. Like, and they're all like alerting each other of who, who in their little inner circle should start helping her. And they, cause she was dropping what they said. Yeah. Benjamin's floating. So she was dropping hundreds every time someone would help her and she would tip with a hundred. So to kind of jump ahead a bit, Neff explains, like, this is money. We've got money here. Let's do what we can. And she's like, this is bankroll for me because I'm saving money to do my film. Because she went to school for film. So they give a little bit of Neff history in this episode by bringing, like, somebody from her past in. And then they really build up, you know, Anna's story with Alan is in the background. She's doing all her meetings and ADF stuff and coming and going from this hotel and buying stuff and it shows how Neff slowly gets more and more involved with Anna and we can dig more into that here as well as they're talking about um, as we're doing this Vivian the journalist so they're flipping between the story and showing us how and what's going on at the same time as Vivian interviewing Neff about it they also show how Neff and Rachel kind of are intermingled with Anna and the rift between and this is an important thing to know because this this trajectory of why Casey and Rachel Casey was the fitness trainer right yes 
why they never went to visit her in jail and Neff kind of was and was pissed off and there was like some altercations between them about it and this episode kind of almost shows why there was never um, a good feeling between Rachel and Neff and it was almost it almost looks like there was a little bit of jealousy in there like why was Rachel friends with Anna Neff was friends with Anna but they were forced into the social circle together and Neff had a very strong opinion that Rachel was just always there for the good times and when things happened um and Neff kind of was doing her business for her she was getting her into like when it comes to personal service at a hotel they've got a database and she's like we got Anna on every database like the good database we were getting if she needed something we were getting her somewhere with the right she was a vip database a a vvip so they were um and then they showed some intricacies of the hotel and like how the little all the they have a little room in the back like kind of like a war room and they would all circulate and they had a whiteboard with like all of the clients and the the manager was like don't hold the guests up keep them happy so if you have to write card numbers down and run them later do it and that's an important piece to know about and remember for later on because it comes it circles back around later in the episodes not this episode but later on when shit hits the fan and so Vivian really when she's talking with Neff they're sitting in the hotel room that Anna had rented or pretended to rent Mm -hmm. Um, and Neff was telling her the stories and Anna's like you really cared about her and Anna uh, Neff was like no like she was banking my my film she was you know where we needed to be but I did care about her I wanted to look out for her because we were friends like there was a good connection there So, um, there was also uh, a part there that um, Anna was busy in a meeting with a couple of people regarding her her uh, ADF, and she uh, went back to the hotel, and one guy took. Uh, he he was not taking no for an answer. He was like, "No, let me take you upstairs," and she's like, "Ah." no I'm good I'm good she's trying to play it cool and Neff sees how this guy is like pretty much pawing her hand on the low back sliding down a bit and everything and Neff comes to the rescue and says oh you have a very important phone call you need to take this it's your mother and and Anna jumps at this lifeline and goes I'm so sorry I have to take this and off off she goes and then Neff uh that's where their uh, friendship really connected from the work yes. relationship to the personal. Yes. And then, uh, you know, Neff was walking down the street and Anna's like knocking on a window from a high end store saying, I'm buying this for you. I'm buying this for you. Come inside, you know, and then it just started showing the collaboration. But Neff was just had her finger on the pulse with Anna anytime she was in that hotel to the point where she noticed that she in- played interference where it was needed. But it took her some time to get there. She was sending, she was comping like extremely expensive bottles of wine that she was getting in shit for from her boss. And it got Anna's attention. And then, like you said, it was this, this interjection with, you know, and it it brought Anna back into explaining like, well, it's because he's a man. Like if it was two women there, that would have never occurred. And this is a man's world. And here we go. Right. Exactly, yep. And then on the flip side, though, so this side shows Anna and Neff connecting. Um, Vivian and Neff are talking in the interview and really connecting as well. Shows Neff's, like, she's there to hustle and animate it rain kind of thing. But then it shows her soft side as well. But this was also the episode where Vivian finally set up a VIP jail visit. So she arrives by taxi or whatever car gets there they have their own room but she had just learned at work that this so we learned more about Vivian on this one about why her career had kind of taken a downturn all of a sudden and why and her immediate boss were kind of at odds with one another and why he was pushing one thing we we knew there was some disconnect but they'd never really broke into a hundred percent why they were 
there was such discord between them and why she was in the back stacks. Um, so we kind of get broken into on this because they tell us that there's this TV documentary coming out about poor journalism and the story that Vivian wrote about some young kid that was fake news was going to be one of the interviews and how that was going to, so Vivian's playing it off like it's not bothering her with her team. She shows up to this VIP jail visit and Anna knows something's off immediately and kind of rips into her. Like she was mean, not rips into her. She was just mean. She's like, where's my magazines? Where's this? Where's that? Oh, do you have hurt feelings? Like what's going on? Her baby feelings. Yeah. And Vivian kept playing it off. She kept doing a good job. Like you could see she was a bit flustered, but she's like, Anna, not everything's about you. I've got questions for you. I've got questions for you and kept bringing it back. And Anna got real personal. Like you've got her feelings, like you're pregnant, you're getting fat, you're not special. And just it was really, really hard on her. And Vivian just got up and walked away. And then the lawyer freaks out on her because the lawyer and Vivian are working together throughout all of this. You know, let's keep in mind, this is all kind of simultaneous timelines. And it's like, why did you what happened what is this what is that like Anna's making my life a living nightmare because of your altered situation with her and Vivian's like what does it matter it's nobody's business like she is a story like let's let's not forget that she is in jail and she is a story that I am writing I don't have to divulge anything so there's some interesting layers but because then it comes right back to like how much they do care about her but yet how cold Anna is sometimes with them oh she she knocked her right at the knees is it your husband doesn't like you being so fat your face is so fat and And she was like you're pregnant of course you're gonna get fat it's like what (laughs) what and then that whole line of you're not special like Anna said that to Vivian more than once it carries with Vivian throughout in other episodes as well Yes. Because she's like, no, I am not special. I'm not the only person that's ever had a baby or whatever. It, so it's an, it's interesting how she does get into their head in the middle. So I kind of wanted to show that, that trajectory as well and the timelines. But overall, like, it, it really showed how Neff, um, like, the personal, tr- Neff and Rachel were really there a lot together with Anna as her friends. And then they were like working out with Casey, like this elite trainer, which they were getting free training sessions from. They were getting free pedicures and manicures and shopping sprees and haircuts and whatever. Anna would just kind of throw their way. Neff always kind of like was like, no, 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 I don't need that. And would side eye Rachel when Rachel would just jump up and accept it all graciously. Yes. So with that being said, I kind of want to bring it over to a, our, our, our segue to our other, our other conversation that we want to have. And I've got a couple of ways, a couple of items to bring it to that. So Neff had made it very clear that Anna was, you know, throwing Benjamins. Rachel was always getting gifts or was just out, having to always be there for the fun. Anna was just wanting to be a part of the money life and this social life and she was grinding to get this business done so that she could keep it going and be in that that life so with all of those and Neff wanted the money to fund her own film so if you had I want to bring this over to the lotto because Angie was polling some people and we all were talking about it there was this massive lotto here in Canada a couple weeks ago 70 million was the jackpot if you had the kind of money that these people were working in that circle with, what would you do with it? Like, would you, would you grind for the business that Anna is and have like a frivolous, not frivolous, sorry, a lifestyle where you could easily help take care of people without thinking twice about it? Would you grind it out like um, Neff to fund something? Would you throw all of that to the wind and just become a wholly, like totally different person? And be like, I've got this money now that I've never had and I'm going to change my lifestyle. What, you know, what would you do? What would you do with an enormous amount of money? 
Well, I, with, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I did ask uh, both my Facebook, my personal Facebook, and uh, my TikTok. And one of the thing, one of the first things that um, I got was this one woman, I actually know her because she used to live across the street from us in Sylvan Lake. Her parents, she was, uh, I don't, I think she was the youngest of four. And then we moved to another uh, subdivision and her parents moved too. So they lived down the street from us. Really, she is a sweetheart and we've become friends. And she said she would immediately uh, buy her dad, uh, pay off his mortgage and the car. And she would uh, set up an education fund for her son and uh, make sure her grandmother was taken care of and probably her siblings and such. And that was with my TikTok. And then um, with our, our um, Facebook, I had mentioned that, hey, you know, I was just walking out of a superstore and saw that it was at $70 million. So I went, what would you do with it? And, you know, there was people, anything I wanted. Yeah. And then one was, I'd go down to the U.S. and uh, go into a hospital to not, uh, pay someone's medical bills. Oh, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. And she goes, I do it several times. And uh, live worry-free, debt-free, remember friends. Uh, one, I'd pay off my medical bills, house, pay off my sister's debts, uh, parents. And just she just went on. And then this one I liked. And it was, I would buy a house, pay my parents' house off, and then buy, uh, then open up my own store. And I'm like, oh, what store would that be? She goes, I'd like to open up a bridal boutique. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. And, you know, she said, oh, I'd love to have all sizes and everything else. And I'm like, have you ever worked in a bridal boutique? Nope. I'm like, okay. You, you, have you watched Say Yes to the Dress? I don't know if I'd want to, but that is her dream. But and, like, how cool is like something that she has no experience in, but she's like, that's something I would love to be. Like, love and to that's do. exactly when you have $70 million or $40 million, do whatever you want. Passion and, right? Yeah. And then some people were, were, I quit my job and then just go on vacation. Like that would get old fast, but you know, you could still, there's so much to see in this world. Yeah. And like then, that's, I think the first initial reaction, like, cause we all say that, like, I would probably do the same, but what do you do when you get back? Like you, I feel like with that amount of money and we've seen it with like these extremely rich people, like let's call them the superstars, whether it's an athlete or an actor where you hear the story of like in their heyday, how much money they had and they lived a large life and they had all this stuff, but they didn't plan for the long term, and all of a sudden they are broke. Yeah. So I feel like everyday because they are everyday people that all of a sudden have fame and fortune and change your lifestyle like would would you change your lifestyle and just set yourself up long term or would you to to sustain it would you keep your lifestyle lifestyle and then sustain it like there's a few different ways or would you just say no I'm living large let let the chips fall where they may and I one of your responses I read some of the responses on Facebook and TikTok there was a gentleman on there and you, you were like well you didn't think that out at all kind of sarcastic like jokingly because he literally was step one step two step three it had his you know how he was going to invest it so that he could do all of the things based off of his investments and like he had a well laid out plan that this was not he's like I will ensure that this money is going to be here for the long haul and everybody can live the lives they need and they were good lives like there was good things he was doing with it too and I was like wow like he was a well laid out plan. <laughs> yes, that was Stuart. I was like, wow. That was amazing. And, <laughs> it was amazing yeah. the way he answered it. Because I mean, we've all talked about this several times. I've thought about it a lot. And I think my my thoughts about it change too. I've like I've always said, Oh, I'll do this or I'll do that. But 
throughout the times and the years, it, it, it will change based on the amount too. Like if I won $1 million, I used to work at Shoppers Drug Mart part-time back in the day. And a guy came in and bought his lottery tickets, his standing order. He brought his order in and said, I want these tickets, this amount, this much, blah, 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 these numbers. And then he won, I think he won a couple hundred dollars. He was cashing in a couple hundred dollars. He's like, oh, that's a nice big win. He's like, well, I've won a million before. I'm like, pardon me, what? He's like, it doesn't last long. Once you buy a house and a car, it's gone. He's like, I've won a million dollars twice, but it, it just doesn't last long. I'm like, uh, okay. Oh, my goodness. It would last for me. So that's where I'm getting at, devil's advocate. Do you plan it out and be a little bit like, it's terrible to say, but are you going to be stingy with a million dollars? It's a million dollars. It's a lot. But then you put it into, put it into perspective. If you take a big trip and you buy it, let's be real. Some homes are a million dollars nowadays. If you decide to change your lifestyle, upgrade your home, let's say if you live in a normal family sized like I live in a condo that's, you know, not a million dollars. So yeah. do I upgrade my lifestyle? Do I, what I do with the money, will it change based on how much I have? Like probably if I had 70 million, there's way more people that are probably going to be recognized and benefit from it. If I have a million, the amount of people that might benefit might shrink. Like, I don't know if that's, or maybe the same people will benefit from it, but just to a different degree. Mm-hmm. Or do you, do you tell people how long do you sit on it? I have so many questions. I have so many thoughts around we it. We actually talked about this. Remember the guy that did not cash in his ticket until almost the deadline. Right. Because he wanted to really think it through and didn't. And, and then he told his wife, I think it was, and said, I've already planned this. Like, you can be excited, but this needs to be done a certain way to ensure that this is beneficial for us. Mm-hmm. To, and to alleviate also, that frivolousness. Because it's so easy to be like, I got a million dollars and then just blow through it because you've bought everybody a car. <laughs> and also, I, I believe that if you take it all in one lump sum, you lose a portion of it, right? Taxed. You get taxed. Not in Canada. In the U.S., yes. yes. But in Canada, it's tax-free. But um, if you take the full amount, you, I believe, only get a portion of it. And then if you take it in the way they want to give it to you, you in, like, you know, little stippets or whatever. I can't. Stippets? What is I, the I word? Don't even, I didn't even know that. That, yeah. Then you wouldn't be... Um, lose a a portion of your money or anything well and I think I mean for me first things first is I would find a way to invest it so that it worked for me right like I want to yeah want to enjoy the money but I'd also want to be smart about it I like the idea of the money working for you and setting yourself up so that money does not need to be the thing in life that you worry about yeah what I, and unfortunately, that is what everyone yeah. worries about because... Yeah. And then would I would I stop working altogether? I mean, would I probably quit the, the job I do now? Maybe. Probably, yes. Let's be real. But would I still work in some capacity, whether it be volunteer work, find my passion project, open a business, or, you know, just teach Zumba classes for fun? I, I don't know. Like, I've thought about a hundred different things, but what would I really do? What would you really do? Um, depending on the amount, if it's just a million or a couple million, we would both retire. We would uh, move to a small town. Um, hopefully I have a large workshop so that I could work out of my shop so that I could still continue to do the fun things I love. And, you know, Monty can do whatever he wants. Like just... If he wants to take up a hobby also beside me, perfect. He could actually get involved in the resin. <laughs> that he started in the right. first place. And that's it. Like live Poor a Monty, quiet... he's never going to live that down on this podcast. Oh, no, never. <laughs> and that's the thing. We would live just a quiet, normal life. If it was uh, the 40 million or 70 million, I, I would probably go farther into the woods literally buy a cabin 
and uh, live out there. This or have multiple homes. Like you could have a cabin home, a beachfront home, yeah. a, a city exactly. home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I asked my uh, Tanner's girlfriend, Salam, what she would do. She goes, "Oh, I'd I'd rent a yacht." And we would do the whole Caribbean and we would live it up. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. But, you know, she's 28 years old. So that is, you know. Well, one of the things I used to say, um, because I I do believe, and the list would likely be large. I'd want to pay back people that were there for me or my family. And that could be in a whole different, so many different ways. So if, but I've also often said, and this was before I thought of it this way. So this is twofold. It's evolved. Originally, I was like, if I won $70 million, I would get a cruise ship. I don't know how much a cruise ship is. Or I would get a private plane and a resort. And I would say this and send out the invite list, like a large invite list. I've won money. We're all going on a wicked vacation together. This is your time to come. You're going to be there all inclusive. Do whatever you want. I will fly you there. I will pay for everything. Just show up. And just take everyone on one wild, wicked, cool vacation. Now, is there some people that might still benefit a little more and get like a little bit more help throughout life? Sure. But there's some people that that would be what don't come a knocking, but I'm taking you on a cool vacation. Yeah. 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 You know, because you're my friend. I want to treat you. Here's my money. And... I, I want to share it with the greater part of the world. Like, you know, who knows? I've always said that. So now I'm like, well, maybe I need to change that. And then it kind of evolved to like, who would I absolutely want to take care of? Because in some way, shape or form, they impacted my life and they helped me through something or they helped my family through something. Because we've all had our ups and downs. And I'm sure yes. there's lots of, there's a lot of probably unrest out there too from those types of situations. Cause let's be real. Money is the root of all evil sometimes. Um, so help can come in many ways, shapes and forms, but if, and sometimes it's hard to be humbled and receive it and not always are we able to pay it back properly. So that could be a way to, you know, cherish the people from the long past saying, you know, I remember you we may not talk now or lives have crossed very briefly. We were never maybe friends or maybe we were, or you were my family friend, whatever the situation, but I remember you, there was an impact. It wasn't lost on anyone. And this is the time and place where it could circle back. Yeah. That could be a lot. I don't know what that list would look like. And again, that comes with people that might start coming knocking too. And it depends on, you know what I mean? I don't think people come and knocking necessarily for the bad reasons. You hear all the good and bad stories about this uh, type of thing with big money and all of a sudden you it, have a whole bunch of cousins that are, hey, yeah, but is it give rightfully me a couple? So? Yeah, and maybe it's rightfully so and maybe it's not. Like, I don't know, right? Like, what, where do you draw the line before it's like 70 million could be doled out real fast? Yeah, well, uh, one of the people that uh, posted, uh, to my question was make a will and then fake my death. Oh, oh. and I'm like, hmm. but I you think know? it'd be very fun. And like, I think there could be some fun with it. I think there could be some heartache with it. Like I said, I, I think about it and it changes every day on what I would do with this money. Like, how would I really handle it? I would be actually kind of scared uh, for my safety. If it was like, 40 million, 70 million, there are a lot of crazy people out there. And I, I think I would play it. Keep uh, it secret. I would keep it secret and set myself up to be able to uh, hide myself and my immediate family for safety reasons, because, you know, what if someone um, kidnapped someone I love to blackmail for ransom? And I'm like, uh yeah like I would be horrified. see I never thought of that that's your true crime side coming out oh yeah definitely and <laughs> but you're right it's so it, it this world is a strange place I, I think I think I would a- do the same as what that guy did and not uh not tell anyone that I want it other than of course Monty but we would and have to sit planning. down and 
start planning. Let first of all, we need to talk safety. And then second, like, what are we going to do with it? And how are we going to ensure that uh, everyone gets a piece? And yeah, I like you know, that that's it. it like, yeah. And again, that's, it gives you that ability to move through it and change your mind on what you want to do with it that way too. Because exactly. yeah. here we were talking and putting it out there and let's just say I win 70 million. I'm likely going to get some people saying, so when's that cruise? <laughs> absolutely because i've said it right or we're going to take a private plane to cancun sure i mean some of those things might still happen but i would maybe organize it i don't know i I like i like the thought of sitting on it and really planning it out and that seems i don't want to say it that it's to do it to be i don't like using this word stingy about it because everyone's like it's just a lot of money go with the flow it is a lot of money. And I think that's why you shouldn't just go with the flow. Like for someone who doesn't have a lot, I feel I need to respect that amount of money. Exactly. Yeah. Like and, and I grew up with it. no use money. So I, yeah. And I wouldn't like, I would actually be, I think it would be a very stressful time. And very fun and stressful at the same time. Cause I'd be like, screw this around the world trip first. Maybe, you know, I don't know. Maybe that's what you need to do is take, like you said, some of these younger folks are like, I'm just going to travel and vacation would get tiring. But maybe that's what you need to step away from it. See the world a little bit in your own eyes in a way that is affordable to really digest what you've got and what makes yeah. it important. Because go to places that have like the riches of the rich and then go to the extreme of places where they need help. They don't have clean water or, um, you know, they need a well built in their village because it's at the next town over. And, you know, and take, that, was... take that life experience out to really figure out, but don't do anything on the spur of the moment, except for what you want to order for supper. Yeah. I like uh, one of my friends, her name's Lana. She was she saw this Canadian TV series Neon Rider in the early 90s. Yes, I and used to it's watch her that. solid dream. I don't even know what she's talking about, but back then I had little kids and I was working full time and trying to do everything. And she said she would start a wilderness ranch to help troubled teens. Yep. And I've I'm always like... wanted to open a, a homeless like and I don't <clears throat> want to say homeless shelter. I've always wanted to open a shelter that helps people that are afflicted in society. So whether it's low income homelessness or whatever, but like we have resources, but there, I don't feel like there's enough of them or enough to help. So somebody comes in and they're homeless, but they won't, they don't want to be, but they don't have a suit to wear to go to work and they don't have a resume. We'll come in. Let's help you get the interview done. And then also somewhere clean and fresh to stay while you're in that process and start your new job. So you have somewhere to shower, you have clean clothes every day, you can make suppers and lunches for yourself and feel good about getting into the workplace to earn your money back into whether it's, and who cares if it's low income housing or a regular apartment, or, you know, maybe it's a bedroom in somebody's basement suite, but get you back into society in a way that somebody can feel a little bit better about it. I've always thought about that. Like, or if let's say they can't get into back into the work thing but they need somewhere to go because they have health issues and maybe they do live on their own and they've got social assistance but they need help with other things so something that's like a catch-all like this ranch that this lady's talking about to help troubled teens something along those lines like a social program that could tie in a bunch of things I've always thought of that as well I remember years ago, I was talking with my aunt and I said, I think I would probably get myself a very large ranch and open up a dog kennel. And yeah, I'd I'd end up with probably a couple hundred dogs and, you know, that, that would be a lot of dogs to take care of. So then I would, you know, find out if there was uh, someone that wants to just come and live there here's your own bunkhouse you know this is your home and you know you got to help me take care of these dogs and everything else and here's also some money you know every month and such but there's so many things right yeah yeah but yeah I would probably 
live on the down low because living large is not my thing. I, I don't, but part of me is like, oh, so I want to do that. But then a part of me is like, no. So like, but I think living large changes as we age. Like, so me living large in my 20s, me living large in my 40s is probably two very different looking things. Um, I do like cars. I feel like I would probably, I've always, one of the things that has run steady for me from 20s to 40s is I probably would have a, some, maybe I would upgrade my lifestyle my home here just a little bit not much but a little bit have some fun cars but I think I would like to own a home in a couple places like you mentioned whether it's the mountains or a beachfront somewhere or you know something that allows me to travel into the seasons that I like easily Mm -hmm. so I think I would do that but in a modest way so that they're sustainable and then I would have the vehicles that I want because I do like vehicles Um, and again, my lifestyle maybe, or the thoughts of that would change again too, because I have a different partner than I've had before. And that would change the outcome of that too. Because there's other people involved, right? And my family obviously would be taken care of and I'm sure that they are. I think we all can agree for the most part, first and foremost would be make sure our lives are set and our, our nearest and dearest are set to a point, right? Exactly. Yep. And then how, how close is that nearest and dearest, like those ripple waves, how far do they go out and how many dogs does it include or how many, you know, Zumba friends can I, you know, open a gym for my Zumba friends to have like amazing Zumba events. I I don't know. (laughs) Do I, do I open a, a, a fitness studio? Do I open a coffee house? Do I open a homeless shelter? Do I do all of them? Yeah, you do all of them. Depends how much money. Depends what I want to do for work at the time. If I want to work that hard or how little or how much. You know, maybe it's a yoga retreat in Costa Rica and that's where I live part of the time and then find some really cool people to run it for me when I'm in Canada in the summer here. You know, who knows? Mm, gosh, I, I don't have a list like Stuart does. I have a list, <laughs> but I don't have a list. <laughs> right (laughs) but now like you've really opened my eyes to the whole thing of safety I never really thought of that yeah I would I would actually be worried more of safety so uh it it would be my first thing to do is uh not say anything to anyone other than of course my husband and work it out that how would we ensure our safety and our closest and you know go from there there's a lot of desperate people out there right now yeah it is a weird time of the year or not year world yep so interesting there's so much so much uh potential and really it depends on where your brain takes you again like Stuart's list was i would probably go back to his list to set out my plan because his was very methodical and it wasn't all like, it wasn't that he wasn't doing anything fun or good with it either. Don't get me wrong. He was, but he had laid it out on to ensure that the money was there to carry everything out and that the money would always still be there generating more money. And that's what I really like about his plan because the rest was, you know, taking care of a lot of stuff and doing a lot of stuff with it, but always as the money was working for itself. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Like it, I, I'm, I'm actually really impressed with how he thought this through. Like when I was reading it, my eyes were getting bigger and I was like, does it make you wonder if he ever won the lottery? Stuart, if you're listening, did you win the lottery? Like, is this a thing? Is this what you're doing? (laughs) I hope so. I would love it if he did. This would right? be great. Yeah. He'd be a very deserving person of it. So, Did you check your tickets? Uh, those ones? Yeah, I think I got a $2 free play or something like that. I bought new oh, tickets my, for this my, week. <laughs> my ticket is sitting all uh, folded up inside my car. I should go get it checked. Well, I think there was a winner and they were in the first they said the prairies. And I was like, well, that could be me. And then I believe the winner was in Edmonton. 
Oh, I think you'd have, I know for sure it was in the prairies. Um, I'm a little fuzzy on the details and I just signed the ones that I bought for this week. Yeah. I, I think mean, the 649 tonight is 5 million. That's nothing to sneeze at. Oh my goodness. 5 million would do me. Right. Yep. Anyways, we kind of went in circles on this and he, and I know I was getting excited and probably maybe cut you off mid thoughts sometimes do you have anything else you wanted to expand on or go back on to no i i pretty much said everything i wanted to say i do have uh, a couple people that uh, are missing in in canada right now and i am not going to be able to pronounce her name at all it is uh there's a lot of uh, letters that I, I just don't know how to pronounce it, but her first name is Elenyaz, E-L-N-A-Z. Her last name is H-A-J-T-A-M-I-R-I. Hajamira, Hajamir. She was last seen in Wasaga Beach around 8.30 p.m. on January 12th. 2022 she was taken by three males described only as black in a white suv so if you have any information please call the tip line at 1-833-728-3415 or crime stoppers uh 1-800-222-8477 i uh i wish i could have been able to pronounce her name properly but uh she it really doesn't say much about her her info of like how old she is um but she has long hair it's in brown brown hair I would say she's probably maybe 130 pounds I can't tell you how tall she is because she's sitting down in the picture I found this in the Missing Persons Canada on Facebook. Then I have this person who, her name is, um, it doesn't say her name, Erin Brooks. That's it. Okay, so she was last seen at St. Mary's Smoke Shop. December 27th, 2021, described as 5'6", brown hair with bangs, brown eyes, 115 pounds. She's 38 years old. Uh, and that is it. It's not telling me where St. Mary's Smoke Shop is. Wait, yep. If you have any information, please contact the Fredericton City Police at 506 506- Four six zero two three zero zero or Crime Stoppers Way one eight hundred two 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 eight four seven seven. She's a tiny, tiny girl here. I've got um, a gentleman here. His he was he's from Didsbury, so not that far from here. His name is Ryan Sutherland. He's age forty four. He is bald, balding. He is six foot three hundred pounds. And he was last seen March 28th. So please contact the Didsbury RCMP. And he's wearing a white running shoes with black jacket and hoodie. And like I said, six foot tall, approximately 300 pounds, brown eyes, balding shaved head. He has a large tattoo on his back, unknown of what. Um, I don't think you would actually be able to see that unless he's uh, got no shirt on and we're not in that weather yet so but that is it that's all I've got yeah it's unfortunate that like if you just do a quick search even in your own city they'll like I just did a quick search for Winnipeg and there's recent missing people when you go to missing people Canada like the list is quite unfortunate it is large um, and it's something that we often don't think about so yeah well one uh, you know the two last people I talked about it's well what happened to these people but that first girl 
she was last seen being taken by three men. So that is that's a scary thought. Yeah, that is very disturbing of uh, what what was the outcome of that? It wouldn't be good. So you know, I don't even want to bring up what is in my head because yeah, I I listen to a lot of crime podcasts and I also listen or watch a lot of crime tv so it's why i don't because i my head tells me enough of like when i know and see and hear the things that have happened out there i have a really hard time moving on from it in just regular life yeah um i'm not naive to what goes on it's not that i don't want to know when i just block it out i just can't take on the details because it deeply bothers me yep um so yeah it's important that you know these people are again missing people some people choose to go missing for whatever reason um but some do not so it's important that um the ones that uh that people are hopefully found and safe and okay yeah so i feel like we have filled out all the information that we wanted to put out today i think so yeah we talked about a lot of things I want to apologize for not getting our podcast out yesterday. I know it was due yesterday. And yeah, I am dating us. It is a Sunday morning. And but uh, both of us were crazy busy. I had um, a, a market, an artisan market, both Friday and Saturday. So by the time I got home, it was I was done. I was so done. Yeah, I came home to- and took a nap. We will get her out and done today. Yes. For sure. So anything else? No, I think we we got her. Wonderful. So uh, I'm going to say goodbye. And oh, you know what? It's Angie, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Shauna. I think they know us by now. But yeah, we should, oh, probably, yeah. we should probably be better at our intros at the beginning of the podcast rather than the end. Exactly, exactly. Oops. So um I'm gonna go I'm for a Sunday s- drive and go ahead out of town for a few hours, I think. I smell breakfast. Monty's made breakfast, so I'm gonna go have breakfast. Nice. That and good. I think my feral grandchildren are showing up later. Well that'll be fun. That's a good Sunday. Yeah. So awesome. Well enjoy enjoy your day. Yeah, have a great day, guys. Bye. Bye, Make good choices. Yes. (laughs) Bye.